Hey, welcome to my podcast, Real Talk with Liza. This is a podcast that keeps it real. None of the interviews have been edited. Guests have no knowledge of questions beforehand. And everything is 100 recorded as is. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. This is Real Talk with your host, Liza. All right, welcome to my podcast, Real Talk with Liza. I'm so excited about this episode. Um, I'm especially excited about our guests. And so this episode is going to be about Tongan dance classes. And I have two talented, amazing guests here. And I'm going to go ahead and let them introduce themselves. So if you guys can introduce yourselves with your name, profession, if you'd like, and a hobby that you love or one that you want to start. I'll let Ricky go first. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Liza, for, for having us. Um, I think for just for the sake of the audience, you know, Tongan formalities, but thank you, Liza, for giving us a chance to, to join you on your podcast. Uh, my name is Baturiki Kabefiafi Lodi Takatui Halagige. I've been here in Salt Lake for uh, well, since 2016. I married three boys under the age of uh, five. Uh, and I now work at a software company in South Jordan called uh, Lucid Software. Um, hobbies, I have fallen deep into the pickleball community. And uh, <laughs> it consumes a lot of my evenings, maybe some mornings as well. <laughs> okay, first of all, I didn't know you have three boys now. <laughs> I think the last time I saw you guys had two, so you guys are definitely raising sons, right? You, I think you're trying to start a pickleball team. Is that yes. what you <laughs> so I, I can draft my own major league pickleball team now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we are also expecting a fourth on July 4th. Oh my gosh. Is it a so, boy? Hoping for a girl. Oh, <laughs> open to uh, having another boy. <laughs> Oh, congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank awesome. you. Okay, next guest. Nice. Thank you for this opportunity. Uh, first to Liza and as well as to uh, uh, my brother Ricky for the introduction. Uh, my name is Alamoti Lavaki. Uh, I was born and raised in Provo. Uh, currently, I'm working on our children's unit on pediatrics at the Utah State Hospital on our night shift crew. Um, my hobbies that I like is, um, I love to travel. Okay. And sometimes I travel last minute and my family's like, oh, where are you going? And um, I just like already at the destination. They're like, oh, you, oh, you, you didn't even tell us. And I'm just like, yeah, it was one of those um, opportunities. I just, it just came up and I took it. And so there, so that's my hobby. Um, lately, the past couple years, just traveling uh, every chance that I can get. <laughs> and um, I, I love seeing your, your, your posts and your videos. I, and I'm one of those people that are like, where are you? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yes, I think it's better to travel that way, Multi, because then you don't have to worry about everybody jumping on last minute. <laughs> right? But, well, yeah. <laughs> but, but thank you guys both for being here. Um, 
So to kind of jump into the conversation, um, you two are starting a dance mm -hmm. academy, and it's not just any dance academy. It's like a specific one that I'm really excited for because I think it benefits I think it benefits not only our community, but it's going to be specific towards like the Tongan community too. And so I'm going to let you guys, like, we're going to, I'm going to ask you a series of questions about that and about yourselves, but just to kind of start off with, I'll probably have Muthi answer this first question and then I'll have Ricky answer my next one after, but what is the name of your dance academy and what are like, what city is it going to be in and what, what will you be teaching? Awesome. Well, the name of our dance academy is called Siipe uh, Kaiha Faiwafakatonga Dance Academy. Uh, it is located here in Provo, Utah. And um, yeah, that's the name and location. Awesome. Awesome. Um, and it's open to, I mean, I, I assume you're going to have people, anybody can come to it if they're willing to make the, the, the travel, right? Yes, ma'am. Everyone, everyone is welcomed. Awesome. Um, Ricky, what made you guys uh, want to start this and like what, why focus on the Tongan community specifically? We, we had already been doing this for a number of years. I think we, me and Modi specifically partnered up uh, in 2016. As soon as I got into to BYU, I was asked to help with the Luau program. So, and I asked around the community and they said, oh, reach out to, uh, this guy in the community that's really good at you know setting up and putting all these uh, the, the song and dances together is Alamoti. So I reached out to Moti, and since then we have been already helping out several you know for church functions, for family functions, even like a, a work function for men. Uh, Moti mentioned that he works at the pediatric uh, you know facility. We ended up teaching them a little you know item for, for some of their Christmas programs and stuff like that. So we've we've been doing this. Um, but the most recent program, we kind of looked at each other because we had, you know, bought uh, a whole bunch of costumes and stuff for the kids. And we saw how happy the kids were from performing. So we're like, what are we going to do with all these costumes? So we kind of, Monty's been asked several, you know, for years now to, have, to start this. So, but that was kind of the, maybe the last dog, the last hey. <laughs> um, me kind of pushing Monty, just like, hey, you should do it. Like everyone's been asking. We have all this stuff, you know, the, we have the costumes, we have the resources, we have, you know, one of Monty has awesome uh, support from family and even connections that create all this stuff. But I think Monty's been one of the most passionate people in doing this and doing it the right way. Um, and we, we wanted to focus on the Tongan side because first, I think that's where our, most of our credibility is in, is within the Tongan community. Um, the Tongan dances that we've taught have all been Tongan. I mean, all the items that we've taught have all been Tongan. Um, but you see, Pekai Ha is very telling of even us as Tongans, you know, like we're, we're a little period on the map, but we've, uh, you know, on the global map, but we've made such an impact and everyone in their own different ways. So I was all on board uh, supporting uh, both these initiatives. So. That's awesome. Um, I know you both are super talented. I've worked with both of you on like Ricky with the youth at one time and Moti, I've worked with you a lot. Um, and I think it's so great that you guys are doing this, especially, I don't, I don't feel like there's a strong presence for the Tongan community, even though we have a lot of people in <laughs> where we're at. Um, but I think it's amazing that you guys are doing this. So I have a question and any of you guys can answer it. 
do you feel like the Tongan community is losing culture? I, I do. <laughs> uh, only for the fact because uh, I've seen other places. Uh, for example, I really look up to New Zealand, how they um, pass it on to their youth. Um, they've, they've just done such a great job at doing that and being able to witness and seeing them um, hold strong to our cultural, our cultural um, dances and, and other things uh, Tongan back, home, back in New Zealand made me think we can, we have to do the same thing or it will be completely lost. And so um, that's been one of my uh, motivations, um, seeing that it can be done. I know I hear some in our community say, oh, um, you know, whatever the reason is, it, uh, we can't do it here. We can't, whatever, uh, you know, uh, they say about that, but I, I totally disagree. I know we can hold on to that. Um, also with um, the Mana Academy, seeing what they accomplished with the kids up north, um, it's just great to see. And so I, I um, want to pass on the things that we know to our children and um, upcoming generations here locally so they can um, still keep their identity and know their roots um, and have that opportunity to do so, so. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> I love that you said that because it's true. I've seen the um, same with New Zealand. I mean, they have like their Tongan language week. They have every, they celebrate everything. I've even seen online classes where you can come and like learn how to make a lot of stuff too. So um, I, I'm glad you pointed that out. And I do think Moti that you, you do follow that. Anything that you've touched, you've really put, I mean, you could do things really easy, right? If you really wanted to, um, you could just like, oh, let's just throw this together and <laughs> call it a day. But you really do put a lot of time to make sure that it's authentic, that it matches um, culture and tradition. So um, that's awesome. And I do, I also believe with the Tong community, whether they're losing it on purpose, right, or not, it. I think it's getting lost, especially with you know, the first generation that comes, it's easy to lose it right after that second, third, fourth. And so that's why I think that the academy that you guys are putting together is going to revive that, bring back the culture and allow them to reconnect with it. Um, did you have anything you want to add to that, Ricky? <clears throat> I, I think in short to, to your question, if we're losing the culture, I, I would agree with what Mati said. Um, part of the passion behind this is to like you said, revive, but also I think no, noticed uh, a change. Having uh, grown up in, in Donga, like for instance, the Faikafa ceremony has, there's an evolution in it, right? And I think there's a lot of discussion around Polynesians and mental health, especially men, the uh, Polynesian men and mental health. Um, spoke to Professor Kavika from BYU, he had shared in a presentation just how the way Western society tr treats mental health is doesn't really align with the way we have, you know, kind of dealt with mental health in our in our cultures growing up, right? Yeah. And I made the connection on, like the Faikava. It was like a growing up. It was always kind of like a sacred function, you know, a ceremony where a lot of our cultures passed down like orally, right? Like there's stories told. Young ones come and 
the young, you know, married men who ask questions to the older generation and they can share some of that knowledge. But I feel like it's evolved to a point now where Fakaba is almost like a, a bragging circle of, you know, people just one-upping stories one, one to another. There's no real, like, sense of vulnerability where people can kind of, like, ask, you know, deep questions to the elders, right? Like, it's, uh, it's evolved in a way that's very surface-level um, association or socializing. It's not as sacred as I saw it to be as a kid growing up in, in the islands, so. Yeah. So, I mean, I've seen lot, lots of others, like family members from different states or communities, they've had to reteach that. And, and kind of like you're saying, they, they, like I've saw them teach the Kava ceremony to some of the youth, yeah. which is good, right? Because it, it helps them understand a little bit more of, I guess, the sacredness of it right. um, and, and what it's really about. So I think it's, I think this question really relates to what you guys are trying to do with the academy is to help help save that community and I, I think when they come and learn dances my kids have grown up dancing like my, their whole life one thing I've learned is when they come to learn dances it's not just about the dances you're learning about like the community the culture um, there's like a culture in it so I do know that if anyone like when people come to your guys' academy, they're not just going to be learning a dance. Like they're going to be learning the culture of the dance and being around the community of the people. And I think that's important for people to know that they're getting more out of it than just the dancing. Um, their their kids are going to grow so much. Um, so let's get to know you guys a little bit better. When you think of Tonga, where is home to you? <laughs> like what? Like which place do you call home, or which village, or which island? What What do you think of when you think of of Tonga? Uh, me, uh, home in Tonga is Ewa. <laughs> That's where I first went to on my very first trip to Tonga, and that was my after I graduated from high school. That was my my maternal grandfather's graduation gift to me was to take me back to see where my mom and them grew up at. So that's my mom's side. And uh, in the village of Mu'a, um, in Ewa is where I, where home is. So that's- um, That's your what place? I, yeah, that's my place. <laughs> that's awesome. No, I love that. I, I was excited for this question because I wanted to know where, I mean, there's so many places we can call home in Tonga, but I just want to know, like, where do you call home? So, Ricky, where's your home? <laughs> I, uh, I think there's a there's a correct answer, and then there's a, a truth. Who <laughs> <laughs> cares no, about which? No, just kidding. For the sake the just for the sake that my wife will will see this at some point, I was. <laughs> Uh, the correct answer is that you know home is where my my family is right oh, yeah <laughs> yes. uh, to a sense it is that but um home for me is uh, um my mom is from there and Bangai Hapai, but my dad is from Nua, from Nyotapu and Kolmatua. but all of my youth finished high school from Donghai uh, in 2016 and have, you know, kind of traveled around for schooling, made my way to Hawaii after serving a mission and uh, from Hawaii here. So I've, I've lived in almost five different countries. So I, the sense of home is always Tonga for me just because I've, I've had a chance to call, 
a lot of places home, but it's it's always back to the home. <laughs> That's good. That's good. I, I love the places that you guys chose. When I think of home in, in Tonga, I think of Maofanga and Kolomotua. My dad's from Kolomotua, my mom's from Maofanga. And so I I think if, if I'm pretty sure you both are feeling the same thing, like even just saying that kind of makes me emotional, just kind of even just saying the village name because so many memories are like just rushing through my mind right now. Yeah. And, and I think they're, I think when you think of home, you connect it, especially for the Tongan people, you connect it to your, your parents. It, it's, it's fully connected to your parents or your grandparents. Um, so I, I love that question. And I don't know if there's a lot of people like, um, you know, outside of like the Polynesian community, but especially the Tongan community that can really understand like when we think of our village, like it, it like really pierces our heart. Like you yeah. really, you really think of like, you can't help but think of grandparents, aunts and uncles, parents and all that. So that's, that's awesome. When, okay. So when you think of Tonga, what are the first three things that come to your mind? It can be anything. I'm just, just when, when I say the word Tonga, like what comes to your mind? The first three things we'll, we'll have Ricky and then Moti. I'll say uh, family, food, and rugby. <laughs> okay, I love that. Okay, <laughs> you, like, you just hit it on the dot. Yeah, like, <laughs> that, that's right. Okay, what about you, Moti? Yeah, I have to agree with Ricky. Uh, right? Family, food, and um, when I went, it was dances. Like, it was Christmas time, and they had, like, dances, like, Monday to Saturday. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it was, yeah, that was my first experience, and... Um, yeah, that's my three. <laughs> I, I, that's fun. I like I like all the ones you're you both are talking about. When I think about it, I think of family and food and trouble. I got a lot of trouble out there. Um, <laughs> that's your mafanga side, not the. <laughs> I mean, I did get in trouble there the most, so. but I I think it's because you know. Um, I wasn't born there, but when we go there, I think when you're experimenting, you're like experimenting, looking around, I just wandered. Like I just would end up, you know, I could literally walk down the street and everywhere I pass a house would be like, come eat. It was always a family member I learned about during the whole time, but yeah, I got in a lot of trouble over there, but good trouble. It wasn't bad trouble. <laughs> okay. So let me ask you guys, what is your experience with teaching dance? I know you mentioned a little bit at the beginning, um, but maybe give me an idea of like years like how many years do you think you've been doing that and and like what are the specific dances you've probably been teaching i know you've taught a lot especially when we talk about polynesian in general but just if we're just talking about the tongue part um, oh go ahead. oh sorry thank you um for me it started when i actually first started teaching was in the late 90s, I want to say. Um, I always grew up, you know, growing up in a Tongan ward, they're always having some kind of performance for whatever it is, ward conference, state conference, whatever ward uh, um, function that's going on. Um, I'd always be participating. Um, and then it got to a point where um, at Aquafibas, I was just, you know, picking up things and then we had, you know, they'd ask us, oh, can you guys come up with something? Um, and I'd have to come up with motions. And my mom was a big, uh, big influence. She was uh, the one who I learned mostly everything. Um, 
that I still do today was from her. And um, so the dances that I uh, teach mostly are Taolunga, um, Maululu, um, and some Lakalaka, the female uh, motions. So um, that's what I've been doing for the years. And since that, since late 90s to now, that's pretty much what I've done throughout the years. And um, yeah, I guess that's. Awesome. That's and you're really point. good at it, Moti. <clears throat> Especially, I've always, I've always um, thought it was amazing how you can take a whole group and do it. Like, I get the individual, right? If you're teaching an individual, if you're doing one-on-one, -on -one, I get the time spent to learn that. But it's always been amazing to me when I see like the whole group come together from your teaching. So I've, I really love, I love the way that you've been teaching in all those dances. Um, what about you, Ricky? I really started teaching uh, 2015. Uh, but I guess to get to teaching, uh, you know, we had to start learning. And I think for some of your viewers, they were maybe familiar with the name Afu Tamwe Piao. Um, he was a, a state president for me back in Tonga, but he also taught at, a, at the Tonga National Center which is kind of like a museum, but as a kid, that's where mom would drop me off to go learn, you know, how to properly, you know, dance, tongue in and, and do all that kind of stuff. Went away from it, to, took the sports route, but started picking, uh, picking up the dancing again, really, you know, fine tuning certain movements and learning about the stories behind certain motions from a, another mentor um, in the community in Hawaii called Fasi Tobo. So picked up, you know, picked up and learned a lot from him. And then started teaching at the PCC, you know, just sections um, of the night show, helping mentoring some of the new students that would come in from the from different islands to learn, you know, tongue and dancing at the Polynesian Cultural Center. Um, but that was always, I don't know, the, I guess the feeling behind of, out of all of those have always felt like a, a duty, you know, like a, it was more of my cultural duty to to learn and teach those things until I started teaching. In Moti's what Moti's what had a 30th anniversary, you know, five years ago, where I really got to work with even you know younger kids, um, you know, beyond like younger than me, and then working with an, the older generation. There was like a new, <laughs> new dynamic for me. Like I'm not just teaching, you know, guys my age, the dancing and you know the way that I had to communicate changed. But it, so it went from duty to almost like a sense of love and responsibility. So, you know, there's more compassion behind the teaching now because I can see the confidence in the kids, you know, as they, as they go each and every time to the practice because I think an understanding of their culture, like a little bit of knowing that they, they tongue and dance, you know, that they're dancing an item from their culture. You can see like the, the confidence starting to come out in other areas of their conversation and just the way they handle themselves. But yeah, sorry, that was a long answer, but I added a whole, added a whole bunch of context to that. But, yeah, it was. It went from teaching as a duty to like a, a passion, you know, something that I really love because I love seeing the kids change and loving, love to see them uh, progress. Not just dancing, but Monty will agree. Like we're not just doing this just for just to learn items, you know, or learn. While it is good to have in the back pocket when you're voluntold by a fahu to stand up and <laughs> and dance at a, at a wedding or something, it's good to have something that you can stand up and say, okay, play this track. You know, I can, I know an item. But more, more so than that, just a sense, a really sense of identity uh, yeah. for themselves. So. 
Yeah, no, I like that you said that because it means a lot when there is passion behind it, like when there is love. And and I think it's okay to first have it start off as trying to do a duty. That's fine because it, it helps build your understanding. But for, for it to move into a place where both of you are, <clears throat> where you found it to also be like a love and a passion to do it. I, I think that's great. And I can agree with you because, so my kids are all taught how to dance pretty much for multi. <laughs> so when it comes to talking things, he's, he's the one that's, you know, come and helped. And I can, I can tell you, I agree with that. When, when you teach a child a dance from their culture, it, like, it really does build their confidence and it makes them feel a part of it. And so I, I can definitely attest to that, that it, it will change the way that they feel. Cause I know my kids, you know, they're not scared anymore. They're not scared, you know, maybe when you're younger at first, but they're not scared anymore because I think the love that you guys will teach and show it will, they'll feel it too. And when they dance, they'll know that they're dancing, not just to show, but they're dancing for actual love and understanding what they're actually dancing to. I think that's the one thing that is, that I really appreciate is you could tell the difference between, um, no, and it's still good that, you know, kids know how to dance, but you could tell the difference between people who are just getting up and just dancing yeah. and ones that are actually dancing to the music, like dancing to the words or, or dancing yeah. to what's actually being said. Like not every motion is just going to be like this. <laughs> like, yeah. be so, like, it doesn't mean this stands for everything. And so <laughs> I, I'm excited for you guys to teach because I think they'll walk away with an understanding of what they're actually doing with their movements and, and, and they'll appreciate it more. So, um, the next, the next question is, um, and I'll, I'll kind of let Ricky start this one because it, it, it reminds me of a story. Basically it's about what, um, what instruments do you guys play? And the reason I mentioned Ricky is because he, when I was in the youth, he taught our, our youth how to do a dance. I don't know if you remember Ricky, but you taught the boys and when you walked in and we didn't have any drums, we didn't have any sticks, there was nothing. And everyone was like, how is he gonna like how is he gonna play there's nothing and you found like a metal chair and some hangers I think on the stage or something and then you just went <laughs> at it and I was like oh my gosh that sounds so good like I didn't know you could just I mean I know drummers can play anywhere but I was like that sounds so good and it's just hangers in a chair you actually <laughs> ended up doing that for the actual like performance <laughs> because the boys got used to it but um obviously you play the drums i think and so yeah. what instruments do you play and then i and then multi i know he's talented what instruments do you play so share that with us yeah the drums mainly just because it's the you know one of the it, it's needed for dancing so you know you always have to rotate in just to teach other, so the other people can practice i don't i don't play the guitar well enough to say that i i can't play it's like you know, the, the well enough to play a song, but not well enough to um, come up with something on the spot or, you know, feel like someone's like playing, you know, the, or lead. I, I don't, not specialize in any other the instruments, but the, uh, the other, the other main instrument that kind of is, was abnormal in Tonga at the time was the piano. My mom uh, forced me to, to learn the piano. So have a familiarity with you know hearing and finding you know asking the guys on the guitar to maybe change the, the keys and stuff to higher lower just to yeah the, the dance so they don't have to over break their voices and stuff so <laughs> the the piano kind of translates but uh, just so drums, the piano on the drumming side. 
So drums, piano, and guitar, but guitar, you're yeah, good. don't throw you on the spot basically with the guitar. Yeah, don't don't ask me to play if you want to look nice. Okay. <laughs> awesome. I didn't know you play those instruments. Loti, what about you? Um, I play the <clears throat> organ and piano. Um, I could also play a tambourine. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I believe I you like, can. <laughs> I mean, just like what you're, I want to go with what you're, uh, with your experience with Ricky. That happened with us too. Like, I, I mean, that just shows how um, amazing and talented he is. Like, just working with what we have around at our practice. You know, the idea came up for uh, adding a tongue and dance to one of our numbers. And uh, we had like sticks already and grabbed a chair and play. And I was like, look, pro, you know, like, that just shows how um, the talent, amount of talent that he has and um, just able to just improvise and work with uh, what we have around us. But yeah, it, my instruments are just piano and organ. <laughs> organ, uh, organ player for like all of our steak events. Oh <laughs> like, like you were, you are very good at the organ. So <laughs> yes. Okay, so <laughs> this next question um, I'm gonna ask Moti, just because I have more experience with Moti on this, but like, Moti, you pick really good music to dance to. Okay, so <laughs> I, I, that's one thing that I, I've really appreciated about you is anytime I've seen, you know, my kids dance or seen anybody else dance, the first question, where, where's the song from? Where, like, people are just like, you know, how did you find this version of the song or whatever? So what is your inspiration when you're picking music for um, dances and like for your academy coming up, where, where are you pulling those experiences from? Oh man, good, great question. Because um, growing up, my mom just had, she kind of instilled in me what what she thought was malie or like, oh, you know, um, music that she liked. Um, I was able to inherit that same um, taste, I guess you could say. Because, you know, we have different kinds of music, uh, Tonga music uh, to dance to. and. Um, and everyone has their their taste of what they want, like to dance to. Um, so mine was just based off from what I grew up um, listening to, what my mom would uh, listen to, or she or a, a new song, for example, that would come up, and she'd be like, "That song is that song is really great. Uh, it's really nice." Um, and she'd probably some sometimes just say, "Oh, that that'd be nice to do a taulunga to, or something like that." And I've kind of just picked up that um, my taste is based off of what my mom's taste was. And so I've kind of just held on to that and um, continue to use use uh, the music that I choose based off of what I grew up hearing. <laughs> so well, so grateful because your mom had amazing taste <laughs> on, her, on her music. But, you know, it also has to what also has to be added to that is that shows that you're taking time to pick your songs, right? Like it's not just pulling them off of what you see. Obviously you've been trained to have a good ear from your mom on music, but I appreciate the, the music that you do still choose that you, you take time to do it. Like, and so I think that's important because I, you know, like, like, 
anybody can just you know a lot of events it's like oh just play any song and they'll just go out and dance to it which i get sometimes that has to happen but sometimes <laughs> it doesn't have to happen if people have the right music <laughs> like sometimes they can actually dance to a, a good maybe they don't have to pull out any song sometimes they can actually know the right song and <laughs> sit dance to it. so, so cute. I mean, you don't you i don't don't you think so ricky he picks really good music oh he does <laughs> my my rule of thumb is like i don't it's not a good song if i don't naturally just start you know nodding my head or moving to it which is music's universal language right like i don't have to speak you know nigerian to all of a sudden start nodding to like an afro beat and it's very similar with like the tongan music and to your point Liza, moti always picks good music and i i love working with moti i the first time i worked with moti and every time after that, anytime Moti reaches out, hey, I, you know, certain group of boys want to learn a dance. It's always nice because Moti is always proactive and he's like, he doesn't say it up front, but I'll ask him any ideas for songs and a dance. Like, because Moti is, you know, he's always watching and learning and yep. um, seeing stuff from even New Zealand, stuff that I haven't seen before, um, certain numbers and stuff. So he will be like, yeah, I like this number, but I, you know, like this song. So, and I kind of do a blend of the two, or I'll learn, you know, that, that exact dance and make some, some twist to it. But to a point, Modi always picks good music that you naturally want to move to. But to your point as well, uh, yeah, you made a point on playing the right song. It's always playing any song for a family to get up to. You know, if they're Mahafana, they'll do it. But if it's a song from their village, for instance, like when the Mabao folks, like when Si Lolo comes in, you know, for the Mabao people, they go crazy, right? Like a, <laughs> yeah. a song from your village always kind of brings a different spirit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I agree. And one of the things that um, I'm hearing from both of you that I I really like is how well you work together. Um, and and just I think also the other thing is the education being put behind it. Like you mentioned, I know that both of you are staying like you're watching things, right? You're watching things. You're watching groups. You're like you're not too proud to watch. And that's what that's what's great because we we all learn from each other all over, right? And 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 I think that's something also to add to what you guys are going to be offering for the the community is that you you're taking it serious. Like not only are you watching, but you've always been watching. So this is something that is important to know that you guys are constantly kind of educating yourself, learning things, watching the way things evolve and, and also keeping things authentic too. So, and, and how well you work together with the music and the dancing that you can make up. So I just have um, another, let's see, just two more questions for you guys. And then I want to move into like a little bit more of the, the academy that you guys are, are, are building, but what is, or who, who has been, and this can be a person or a group, and yeah, whatever you guys feel. Who has been the biggest influence when it comes to Tongan culture and Tongan dancing to you? Like, I know you're going to have a big influence in your life, but I, this is more just specifically about when it comes to like the culture or or the dancing part. It looks like Ricky probably dropped, but I'm sure he'll be back on. So I guess, Moki, you're up. <laughs> Okay, let's do it. <laughs> um, I, I know I've been mentioning my mom a lot throughout this, uh, our chat. Um, Which is fine. My mom, yeah, yeah, it's my mom's. Like, she's just always, um, my mom's a Queen Salote uh, College alumni. Um, 
and she just said growing up they were really um they really would teach them the true Tongan way of doing stuff whether it's five hour or <clears throat> whatever it may be from for Tongan cultural uh, uh, Tongan culture and protocols um so she'd always share what she what she knew <clears throat> and then I always had questions growing up like why do we do that what why is that person wearing that you know and she always uh, passed on that knowledge um but um and I also saw it on in her on the family stuff on yeah. her side I go see you know Tongan's uh culture being um um being done you know with everything um, my dad's side too I don't mean to take away from from anyone but uh no but we can't cover everybody, right? So yeah, yeah. I, I understand what you're saying. Like, <laughs> she's been more like her influence has been, yeah. I give. Yeah. Her. And uh, and she always would say, "It's going to be a day that you're going to, um, you're going to have to refer back to this, and we won't be here. The days are now. Like I, I'm always reaching back. I'm always replaying in my mind things that she said or, or have um, you know, advised me on, and um, so." that has played a big role in how I practice Tongan cultural, 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 I'm sorry, sis. No, you're good. Tongan no, culture no. today. <laughs> no, no, I understand. So I like what you said because, because I know Auntie Mwala, so like, it's not just she taught you, she lived it and she lived it with you guys. And so I think that's one of the reasons when I say who influenced you both the most, because I think I, I really, I guess I really want my, my viewers to understand, like, these are like, you two are people who are like living, living these things. <laughs> like, like, it's not just things you're like, oh, I just learned about it last week on Google. <laughs> like, it, it, you know, it's questions, like you said, questions you've asked your mom in the past for years that she's been able to answer so that you know because that's when we talk about losing tongue culture it's it reminds me of you know there's still even with me there's still a lot of things where I'm like what is that for what is this for how how great of a blessing it is that you got to learn that like from birth on and and be able to incorporate that and the other thing is just how much she's like taught you and given you and how much you've been able to give back to the community with so I, that's one of the big reasons why I felt like this question was really important is because you're, you, you guys are who you are because of people that have influenced you. And so, um, I need to be back, Ricky. <laughs> so, um, he just finished, he said his mom was his biggest influence. Um, who was yours? Do you remember the question or do you want me to repeat it? Uh, will you repeat that one time, Leslie, sir? Okay. I was just asking who has been your biggest influence when it comes to the Tongan culture and dance? Oh, dance. Mom, she was the one that forced me to go to the Tongan National Center to, to learn all the dances. Um, <laughs> culture, my dad. Very, very, very uh, by the law, letter of the law, you know, for the, of the culture. So, yeah, both of my parents, but they were the they're big influences in in doing this. I I love that. Like I was just telling Moti, um, it's important to know this answer because it shows who you guys are and who you're influenced by. 
And so I'm excited to to have you guys share that. So the last the last question about you guys, and then we'll move in more into your academy, is what are your three top favorite Tongan foods? <laughs> so <laughs> you can only choose three. What are your three top? Ooh, um <laughs> and, and this is this is for anybody that's coming to your dance school. This is for the parents to know how to kind of <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> For the, how to work the teachers a little covering this food for the Tongan listeners in in your to your podcast they will know that uh deer jerky <laughs> <laughs> oh you don't go want, there just say it just say it I don't, want, I don't want your channel to be nice on youtube if I <laughs> <laughs> okay deer jerky <laughs> Um, <laughs> that'd be a pig head and uh, other. See if if they if they are talking, they're gonna think you're a savage rookie. Those <laughs> 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 okay, those are really delicious. I'm getting hungry. Okay, Loti, what are your favorite three? Gosh, my favorite three like rotate every day. <laughs> I want to say. Um, <laughs> But I'll, I'll go off like <laughs> the most recent three that I had within the past few days. Um, so Lu was my favorite, whether it's Lu, CP, Lu, Bumasi, Ma. Um, yeah, those stuff are. Wait, are those your three? three? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's my whole three right there. <laughs> um. I, another one I just had, uh, it's a Tongan dish called Vehalo. I think, is that, am I saying it right, uh, Ricky? Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, was that wrong. But, um, but I had the Samoan style one. Um, it was, it's like a coconut, yeah, made with a young coconut. Um, I guess if I was to use English words to describe it, it's uh, like a young coconut soup type mm -hmm. of dish. And it was, with our winter weather that we're experiencing right now, it um, it really hit the spot, and um, I was grateful to be able to partake of such a yummy um, yummy Tongan dish. And then the third, I have to go with Ricky Ota too. I can't, can't ever turn down Ota if it's uh, yeah. it's. it's. <laughs> I'm not gonna answer all three because it's too hard. Sorry, I made you. <laughs> But Ota is on my list. It, I will mention one that is my favorite. So um, yeah, for sure. Okay, so let's get into a little bit of the academy really quick. I will. Um, what is okay? So what is your advice to parents who want their children to come, but they've never danced? <laughs> they've never done any cultural dancing, and they don't know anything about the culture. Um, but they still want to bring their kids. Like, how would you help them feel comfortable? Or what do you, what would you say to help them feel comfortable to, to just come anyways, to just bring their kids to try it? Well, first off, I, I, I want to say thank you for even wanting to <clears throat> take this step in bring, um, bringing your child to be a part of Ha Dance Academy. Um, that's what we're here for. Um, to learn, 
right, uh, to pass on the knowledge that uh, Ricky and I are, will be teaching our children. And just to know, um, don't worry, it's, it's gonna be fun. Uh, your child will um, we'll make sure to, to teach them everything that we, that we know. Um, that, that's our whole purpose is uh, passing down what we were able to learn when we were growing up to this next generation. And I'm just grateful and humbled that they're wanting to continue on learning about their culture so that they can do the same thing one day uh, and pass down to the upcoming generation for them. So um, exactly. I think I think it's important for them to understand you guys know that, right? Like you're you're fully aware people are gonna be coming that don't know it. That that's the whole point of this academy is to help teach it, right? And so um I would hope that people would feel comfortable enough. And and that was even the whole point of this podcast is so that you could see like these guys are willing and ready to to teach the children wherever they're at. And, and the point is that is, is just for them to, to just learn and grow. Like that's really all it is, is for them to learn and grow and be happy doing it. So um, I appreciate your answer for those who feel like they're, you know, they're not talking enough or they can't do it. Um, I want them to feel comfortable to just, just come, just come and try and let your kid, kids, kids are really easy. They're not as scared as parents think they are. <laughs> and so I think <laughs> Once you drop them off, you're gonna like they're gonna be fine. <laughs> like they're they're gonna actually just be okay. You're the only one stressing half of the time. So bring the kids, and I promise they'll be good. Um, what about you, Ricky? Do you want to add anything to that? Yeah, I agree. I think uh, also to completely open. You know, I think one of the things we want to communicate to the parents is that we're very transparent. They can come and watch us watch a practice before they commit to bringing their their kids. You know, come. Come to a few practices, but to your point, the kids are completely different when their parents are there and when their parents aren't there, right? <laughs> we get we get we get a kid who's very confident and is not willing to fail when their parents aren't there. But sometimes it, it does help, you know, when a, when a parent there and the parent knows, you know, sometimes it's usually the other end of the spectrum when a kid is like too energetic or they're not focused. A parent will usually know, like, I I need to be here so that he listens, right? Yeah. And we welcome that That's but to, awesome. to any parents that are confident in their kids like not being Tongan enough give us a call like happy to talk it over if there are any if there are le any learning challenges we're very multi works in the pediatric department i have three boys all under five so we understand that there's just different levels of learning sometimes people learn when it's a game you know it's more fun and you know uh, a company you know friendly competition. Some people like it when it's just one-on-one -on -one time. So we, we can accommodate and, and try and teach everyone to their own speeds, right? So I'm glad you mentioned that. I think that's important for um, any viewers to know, like the, like you said, you guys are in professions and have um, you know, positions where you, you know how to work with children and youth and, par and their parents. <laughs> and so <laughs> I, I think it's really good to know that they're, they're in good hands. Okay, so this next question, um, 
you both can answer, you know, I, I really like this question. So I want to kind of throw it out there. So there's other schools here in Utah, right? I mean, we're, we're based in Utah, but there are definitely other schools that are teaching some, um, some Tongan dances. Mm -hmm. What are you guys' feelings about it? I, I want to give you guys the opportunity to share because um, from talking to Moti before, you guys support it. Like you, like we, you guys use like support all the schools that are happening. So why don't you just share with me um, what your feelings about the other schools that are out there and your feelings about your own? Nice. Um, yeah, like you said, Liza. Um, I first off, hats off to all the founders and teachers of the existing schools that have already been running for years, and um, I'm just uh, I'm just excited to see the many options out there for our children to be able to choose from. Um, and I'm just excited that we can be able to join and offer what we have to offer to the community that they can add that to their uh, list of choices um, in furthering their um, education regarding our, um, not only Polynesian dance, but uh, you know, we're specifically Tongan dancing. And so um, I'm just, I, I, I really think it's great seeing the many other dance schools that we have here in Utah and just shows the growth of our people here in our in in this area particularly um yeah that's my two cents <laughs> awesome and you yeah I don't, I don't think we we see this as a you know as a point to compete no the, the spirit of this is more we want to join the conversation we want to help you know, add on to to the work that has already been done. You know, like Moti said, we respect and love everyone that has been carrying the torch thus far. We just want to add value where we are, where we stand, right? Like lift where we stand. Yeah. Um, we have, I know that it's kind of spread out, but also just in the short time that we've made mm -hmm. posts on that we're doing this, like some of the people in my geographical area, just the Saratoga Eagle Mountain side is, you know, people showing interest but can make the, the drive to Provo, right? So that's stuff that we're starting to consider, like how can we you know, accommodate to the people in their own, you know, how can we get, maybe we, this this semester we do Provo and then we'll maybe look to move it a little bit further north and continue to move up, you know, from people that are interested. Um, but yeah, we don't want to utilize, you know, a startup uh, central for a lot of businesses yeah. and there might be some, it's some friendly competition, but I think, we don't we don't see or there was no intention in this to try and outcompete or yeah yeah there's no malice in it. it's yeah. more we're joining joining arms with everyone else i agree so um for anyone listening who knows my background my kids are dancers like they <clears throat> a lot. and i'll tell you one thing that i've learned as a parent is my kids have danced in several dance studios. They've had several teachers, several dance studios, and there's something great to learn from every single one. And there's also something different to learn from every single one. And I feel blessed mm -hmm. that, um, I feel blessed that they were able to, most of what I feel blessed for is the teachers. Like, honestly, it's the teachers and their styles. Like not every teacher teaches the same. 
um it may be it may be the same dance name but it doesn't mean they dance with the same style and i've loved to see my child i've loved watching my children learn and pick up different styles you're not meant to stay in one place forever <laughs> right like you're meant to grow like you're meant to grow so it's okay what's great is the more the merrier right the more of the community that we can get doing stuff like this there is no competition we should actually be working together and joining together and in the dance world that's how it is i mean you if you have time to compete you're not focused on the dancer <laughs> and so so i mean that's why like you said there's no malice because you guys are strictly just focused on the tongue and dancing like that that's it them and the dancers and learning so i i thought that this would be a good question to kind of clear up to understand like go wherever you want to go and know that like what ricky said there's certain areas that people can't always drive to one area just to get lessons you know to me whatever was closer at home was the easiest for me and so i i i think that's exciting that you guys are offering this and that even multi you reaching out to everybody that's so cool you don't have to you know but that's so <laughs> cool that you're you're able to, to do that on behalf of your school and and that shows a lot of love. So that that's awesome. Um, I know we have a few minutes left, so I'll try to run through a couple more questions. We already established that this was just strictly Tongan, right? Like this is like the, the dances are just going to be that. So um, that's good to know, right? Because if they want to learn anything else from you guys, they need to go find the other school. <laughs> if they're trying to learn the hula, you guys can teach it, but you're not focused on that. <laughs> so so they, they share the love with everyone on that. Um, oh, this is one question I was really excited about. So I'm excited for the costumes. Okay. So I, from what I've heard and what I know is like, we're not just pulling out garbage bags and cutting them up <laughs> one thing i know about multi because i worked with him is he really like he has some really good taste when it comes to what they wear and he really goes out is out of his way to get like really good quality um stuff so can you just give us a little bit about what you guys are thinking for the costumes or how you're approaching it you don't have to tell us everything but just to get everyone excited yeah, um, I know one of the biggest things is costume making, and it's uh, could be stressful for a lot, especially if it's like your very first time. I didn't want um our parents to have to carry that burden, um, and also um, recently I've been working with uh, a few costume makers from overseas, uh, New Zealand, Tonga. Um, and I looked at this opportunity that this could be our chance that um, we could support their, their businesses, those who make costumes, while they're supporting us, you know, by giving, uh, making the costumes for our uh, dance academy uh, dancers. Um, <clears throat> so that's, that's, that was my thought and idea um, with costume-wise for the dance academy um not only that it's um not they don't have to worry about making it but they're made from the motherland yeah or you know stuff like that and so um just something else that they can take pride in that it's uh oh this was specifically made for me by hands of uh people back in donga that's so know. 
<laughs> I, I love that you're sharing that because I feel like that's so important to me. You know, like even here in Utah, I'm like buy local, you know, like I'm always trying to do that. But I, I love that you're looking at it as an opportunity to um, have them see what it really looks like from the motherland and also to help both areas. Like it definitely will help everybody. And that you're actually willing to take the time to even try to do that. Some people would just say, no, that's too much energy to try to figure out how to bring it from the islands. But um, I love that that's some, a thought that you guys have. I know some things you'll have to probably get from here, but the other thoughts are you're trying to pull from the islands as much as you can. So that's awesome. Um, Ricky, one thing that I I, I, I know about your guys' academy that you guys have been learning, I mean, that I've been learning about is that you guys wanted to make this affordable. And, and one of the important things that I really want to kind of stress to those listening who are interested in this is, um, again, I'm pulling from my experience as, a, as like a dance mom, is I know what you guys could charge. <laughs> like I, I mentioned it to Modi, I was like, you guys could charge this amount. <laughs> and so I know, I know what you guys could charge, even at a minimum even at a minimum cost, right? But I, I've learned that this is what's really important for you guys is to try to make it as affordable as you can with the quality that you're providing and, and without shortchanging yourself, but also like allowing it to be something affordable for parents. Why is that important to you guys? When I know you guys could charge higher, why are you guys trying to still bring down the costs? Um, obviously for the parents, but why is that important to you? Um, biggest thing is I feel like personally culture should, your cultural duties should never make you, uh, break the bank. Like it shouldn't, it should never cause that kind of strain. And I think it may be a weakness in our culture. Sometimes we go into debt for cultural responsibilities. Um, we don't, we want to move away from that. You know, maybe that's a, an area of the culture that we would like to improve, um, is to make it affordable so that the kids can, uh, and can love it, you know, and parents not feel like they're pulling in two different directions, right? If we if we bring the kids and the kids love the dancing and they they love feeling connected to the the cultural heritage, and they want to pull that way, then but the parents are feeling strained to pay for pay for it consistently, then it's uh, kind of opposing each other. So we want we want to lean one way and make it easier for for everyone. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Did you want to add to that, Moti, or? Um. I guess, well, yeah, I totally agree with what um what uh, Ricky says. There's a little um you know you hear there's a tongue saying um masiva. Everyone's at different uh, financial levels with throughout our community, um and yeah, like what Ricky said, we don't want to break the bank for families. We want them to because there's a, there's so many that want want their kids to participate, and I. The last thing we want is, oh, little, you know, maybe next time. We, we want to, we uh, respect everyone's, um, respect everyone to be able to have that same opportunity to, to be a part of this. And um, being that we're a new, one of the newest um, dance schools coming out, that they can um, have that freedom to just to join us without feeling um, that it's going to be a, a burden to their family budget. And so, and, you know, we're willing to work with, you know, with uh, 
families and stuff like that so they can still um participate and and uh join us so that's so nice of you guys i think i think that's really great of you guys to try to find a number that can work um i'm still gonna push them to raise them next time so you guys better jump up this, this semester because that's, i still think they could go higher <laughs> no but but i love that you're i love that you're taking in consideration the people like you're not just wanting to throw dance a dance academy up and say everybody come and just learn you're actually you're also taking in consideration like maybe what they're going through financially and how you can lighten that burden and so um i appreciate you know like i said you guys are putting a lot of thought into this even down to the dollar um on the on the students so do um I'm almost done. Just gonna ask three more questions. Do they have to be? Do they have to have Tongan in them to come into dance academy? Can anybody dance there, or are you, or do they just have to have some kind of blood quantum in order to join? <laughs> no, it, it's open to everyone. Everyone who's who's curious, interested, have been wanting to dance uh, Tongan. Um. Yeah, everyone's welcome. <laughs> so cool. what is um what is your can you guys share your days in time right now? Or would you rather just share when's your registration cut off? Oh, we can share both. I'm fine with that. Okay. Um so right now we are just we're gonna start off with one day a week on Friday. Uh, it'll be Fridays. Um we have two classes, one for our boys and one for our uh, one class for our girls our girls classes will be at five o'clock and our boys classes will be at six and um if numbers continue to grow we will go back to doing two days a week and split it but right now um we're able to combine both age groups um and we have a pretty good uh, amount for this uh spring semester and um so are you still taking more or we were we are still taking more to the end of the month so the yeah. Month. okay yeah. end of january that's a couple days or so is january the cutoff the end of january for um open enrollment yes with okay. uh january 31st will be our, our last um day but we i mean like we said we're we're open to to working with families and those who reach out and whatever their circumstance may be we'll work with you we're not it's not just strictly oh sorry you missed it um wait for the next uh bus or whatever you know but um, classes do start next month though right what day do they yeah. start so next week it'll be february 3rd it'll be our first class Friday, February 3rd will be the okay. next. So just for the viewers, they're they're hoping to cut off at January, but you could still reach out to them. You just might miss a class if you don't jump on time <laughs> fast enough. Um, but they're still open if you trinkle in the beginning of February's, right? The, the beginning of February. Yes, okay. ma'am. <laughs> well, like I said, I'm looking forward to you guys um, really starting. I know that you already have the recital set. <laughs> 
and which is <laughs> awesome. Like you already have the recital set. So these guys are ready to teach the kids and, <laughs> and with the recital. Before we end, is there anything you'd like to end with, both of you? Um, I just want to thank you, sis, for giving us this opportunity. Um and the community for all your support throughout the years. We're very excited to be working with you and your children and um, just ready to have fun this semester. And grateful to, a big thank you to my uh, my brother Ricky for also being, being here to uh, do this journey with. I'm very excited that we're able to work together on this. And so, yeah, that's it. Just wanna thank you and Ofat to you, to you all. <laughs> awesome. And yeah, again, like Modi said, grateful to our families for supporting us in, in doing this. Um, you know, it's definitely taking some time from, from our families. Um, but they've been gracious enough to be supporting us and, and <laughs> counsel along the way as well. But also thank you to Liza and everyone else in the community that has been supportive. It's been awesome. We we didn't realize uh, what we were getting into. <laughs> <laughs> The post went up, we were on our phones, you know, answering questions and that kind of stuff. So it, it shows that there was a gap that we weren't, uh, that was not being filled. So we we're happy to to step in and, and support the community in that in those spaces. So Awesome. Well, thank you both for being a part of my podcast. I'm so excited for your academy. And of course, I'm going to tell everybody, bring your kids and join. You don't want to miss out on this. So make sure you get registered, reach out to both of them. Um, where can they get more information, Multi? How can they get a hold of you guys? Uh, if they just want to email us at uh, danceacademy at gmail.com. Um, and we're pretty quick at responding to those who have been reaching out and uh, inquiring more information regarding the Dance Academy. Um, so yeah, that's our main contact right now. Okay, and I'll drop that email in the description when I post this. So thank you again for your time. Thanks for being here with Liza on her Real Talk podcast. And you guys have an awesome day. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Thanks, too. <laughs>